You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. All right, so let's get the NFL picks out of the way. Now, I should tell you, this is the final, obviously, the final week of the regular season. There is still plenty to be decided. You have playoff spots up for grabs. You have playoff positioning up for grabs. What is not up for grabs, what is not to be decided in this week 18 of our Lord 2023, is which 98.7 host had the most accurate NFL picks this season. As I've been detailing all season long, probably haven't heard this on the other shows, but this one, uh, we, we keep it to the facts. We keep the receipts, as we say. I've told you many times, before the season, all the hosts on the station got an email from Ryan Hurley saying, hey, guys, sign up for the Cover 5 app this year. It's a free app. You download it on your phone, on your device, whatever. You pick five games a week. Keeps track of the games all season long. Can win some. Well, we couldn't win prizes, but you guys could win prizes. And when it's all said and done, I have done it. Out of more than uh, 1,700 entries, out of all the hosts. Now, for the season, I am 92nd overall, which might not sound like a lot. But as I said from the very beginning, I don't care about beating Bill's Mafia 69-69. I don't care about beating Poopy McPooperson. I'm about beating all the hosts on the station, and that is what I have done. Well, it's not official yet because I could have just a disastrous week, and if it, I guess it's not mathematically out of the realm of possibility that Don LaGreca, who is currently in second place, could you know, have an unbelievable week and uh, somehow you know, get me at the, at, the, at the wire. But it doesn't seem that way, as I said. I'm in 92nd place going into the final week. Don is a tie with Michael K at 253. So he'd have Fear to make, no one. Yeah, well, I mean, you'd have to make up some significant ground to close that gap in just one week. So Don is at 253, along with Michael K also. Then at you play yourself. So it's been a battle for third pretty much all season. Pretty much, you know, since like week five or six. It's been. You know, Don and I, Don sometimes at first, me in second, me first, he second. But now, you know, the rightful things have been um, established. And uh, it was a race for third. And uh, look, it was not exactly a full-out sprint. I'll put it that way. But Michael K. looks like he's going to finish in third uh, at 253. Dan Grassa. Dan Grassa. uh, The great Dan Grassa. 486 he is at uh, right now. Then you have Rick DiPietro, who you'd have to say, Rick has had, I mean, what would you, this is the single worst run in the history of sports betting? I mean, the guy lost 17 of 18. I mean, that's unheard of. Flipping a coin, throwing a dart, picking a name out of a hat, having the dog pick the game. I mean, it'd be unbelievable. If you just simply, if you knew ahead of time, this is like the, it's like the opposite of Biff Sports Almanac from uh, the, the Back to the Future, right? Like he had all the, Rick was the opposite of it. If you just simply faded Rick's picks the last, what, month or so, however many weeks it was, and you just kept doubling the money, you'd be like Jeff Bezos. You could buy a football team. Rick uh, right now is at 574. And, and on the Cover 5 app, because I check these things, because I have the receipts, Rick, the last few weeks, has just given up. He's not even made picks. But oh, yet some, God. Yeah, but yet somehow he's still in front of Dave. I don't know how that's possible. I mean, Rick, every single week he is picking wrong, wrong, wrong. 
Is it this one? No, it's the other one. But Dave's at 611. Uh, the Kester, which I also think is a Michael K entry, at 652. Uh, Larry Hardesty was making a run for a while. Looks like uh, Larry's a little gassed. He's at 714. And then Rosenberg, I, he's so far down. I couldn't find him. He might have dropped out. I'm not sure. All right, so let's get to uh, the uh, picks for, uh, for Week 18. Well, I kind of gave it away already. First pick, Jets, Dolphins. Jets are plus one on the, the Cover 5 app. Dolphins need a win. A Pats lost to make the playoffs. Obviously, the Jets are already out. Well, see, here's the thing. One of the I, Very rarely do people give you the secrets of their success. The, one of the secrets of my success this year has just been simply picking against the Dolphins because I, know, I am a Miami Dolphins expert. I know this organization better than anyone on the planet, and, and it's pretty simple. They're a loser organization led by the worst owner in the NFL. Steven Ross is the worst owner in the NFL. That dude for owning the team for not that late. He hasn't owned the team for 25 years. He's been like a national embarrassment four or five times. Now, I will grant you, Dan Snyder might be a worse person, but Stephen Ross is a worse owner. From the Jim Harbaugh debacle when he first got there to changing the uniforms to the abomination that they are now, the whole bully gate thing, remember that? Tanking, yet hiring a coach who just refused to tank. I mean, like, what did you talk about in the, the hiring process? The tampering stuff, losing draft picks directly because of his actions. And then there were reports this week, if the Dolphins uh, lose the Jets this week, Mike McDaniel, the head coach, as long with everybody else, could be fired. And, you know, the, the normal reaction of most people would be like, well, that would be dumb. Yes, they're dumb. How many examples do you need to see? They're a loser organization. They're dumb. They're dumb. I mean, this is an organization that was tired of finishing 7-9, and 8-8. Nine, eight and eight. So they decide, you know what? We're going to tear it all down. We're going to trade everything away. We're going to get a whole bunch of draft picks. We're going to build it all back up. And you know what? Spent hundreds of millions of dollars, and now they're going to finish 8-9. and nine. And the reason why you say, well, you're just a bitter Dolphin fan. The Jets aren't going to win this game. Joe Flacco is the best quarterback involved in the game. As bad as Joe Flacco is, he is still better than Skylar Thompson or Mike Glennon. He's better than Skyler Glennon. He's better than Mike Thompson. Give me the Jets. Plus the point. Uh, I got the game, uh, the, the Chiefs and Raiders. I know it's uh, it started already and whatnot. Uh, I took the Chiefs. I'm not going to give you a whole rundown on that because obviously uh, it's kind of pointless, but I did take that one on the uh, minus 7.5 for Kansas City there. Uh, I have the, uh, the Vikings and Bears game. Uh, Vikings minus 4. I'm taking the Vikes of Minnesota. I mean, they need to get some good mojo going here after the past few weeks. They're now kind of, I mean, they are the kings of the playoff frauds. But, uh, I mean, the Bears are playing with no Justin Fields. They got uh, Nathan Peterman. I mean, come on. I, 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 the Bears can want to win the game, but they got Nathan Peterman. I mean, I think that that's an automatic. If it's not like, you know, 15 points, you take the team that's going up against Nathan Peterman. So give me Kirk Cousins in the 1 o'clock window minus the 4. Uh, then you got, uh, who else did I take? I took, uh, I'll be honest this week, very difficult to find games very, because you don't know who's playing. What, who's going to pull players at this point, who at the point of the game, will they still have something to play for? Will they see the score? I don't know. Uh, Cowboys. I fully expect the Cowboys could very well be pulling some starters at some point. Cowboys at Washington, Dallas minus five and a half. I just look at the Dallas D, even if they start pulling guys in the course of the game, even if they pull Dak Prescott, they're going up against Sam Howell. The guy's kind of been a little bit of a turnover machine there whenever he's got a chance. So I will take the Cowboys minus the five and a half. 
And then I'll take the Bills home for the Patriots. Bills minus seven and a half. Look, the Bills, it's been clear this entire time. And now after the, the whole thing that happened this week with DeMar Hamlin and everything else, the emotion of that, their first game back, the fact that he has, you know, turned the corner here and it looks like things are going very well in his recovery. Thank God for that. Uh, I think that the Bills, a team that has kind of uh, hammered the Patriots here uh, a good bit, I think that they're going to go out there and use that emotion and uh, at least put the Dolphins in the position to make the playoffs with a win, which will almost certainly guarantee a Miami Dolphin loss. And those, my friends, are your NFL picks for week number 18. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. Coming up, we'll get more of your phone calls, get more into the Giants, plus the whole Carlos Correa situation. This is now two weeks that we've been waiting for Carlos Correa. Are they waiting for the injury to heal on its own? Uh, so we'll, we'll get into that a little bit, too, because i got some things to think uh, to say about that. Lots to do as we lead you up till 6 o'clock. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. But uh, I did have a couple other things I wanted to hit on. Uh, one about Daniel Jones. I keep hearing, I, I, I'm not sure if it was um, Mike Tannenbaum who was on with the K-Show. Somebody on the K-Show was saying, you know, well, Daniel Jones bet on himself. Uh, no, he did not. He did not bet on himself. He had no choice. He's not the one who turned down the fifth-year option. The Giants are the ones that turned down the fifth-year option. And if you want to keep the betting analogy going, uh, the will be the Giants bet against Daniel Jones. Now, I'm not criticizing. I thought it was the right move at the time. Uh, I don't think most of us thought that Daniel Jones was going to perform at this level this year. He has. He deserves to get paid, whatever that turns out to be. Although you start hearing him, you know, like, oh, maybe it's a $40 million. Really? $40 million a year? Um no, but he deserves whatever contract he ends up getting. Great move and uh, great play for him this year. And he is, he is your long-term solution. You've got your answer. You wanted answers? We'll give you answers. you got answers. So, But no, the, the, the Daniel Jones, this is not uh, Aaron, uh, Aaron Judge all over again. Aaron Judge bet on himself because he's the one that turned down the contract. And he thought that he could do better. And look at that. He did a whole lot better. Uh, Daniel Jones did not turn down the contract. The Giants turned down the, the fifth-year option, not the other way around. Then the other one that, that kind of got under my uh, skin this week was uh, I, I, you have to kind of laugh at everything with the New York Post sometimes. There was an article. I think it's still running now. It's still getting, like, tweets now. The Mets, the winners of the MLB offseason so far. And they have a picture of Carlos Correa, and, you know, like in the same picture as Justin Verlander. Do we even know if Correa is going to be on the team? That's a pretty big piece of the offseason. Like, you'll feel differently about the Mets offseason if they did not land Carlos Correa. The moves that they made up until that point, yeah, they have a good team. They, they, they made some moves that maybe they turn out okay. All right, fine, we'll find out. I, I didn't look at them that much differently than I did before. But when they add Carlos Correa, that's the piece that you think is going to put them over the top. He is now Carlos Correa clearly failed two physicals and the two sides at least this side they've been talking for the last two weeks about how they're going to resolve this and I may, who knows maybe in the next five minutes they'll announce they have a deal but at least so far they've not so it seems like they're, they're still talking and it seems like they're kind of still negotiating working back and forth so it would be nice to know whether or not you're going to have that piece whether we know that the Mets, uh, you know, have had this unbelievable offseason, 
because if they don't end up landing correct, and I don't, I don't know what the right uh, move is. If I were a Met fan, I honestly don't know whether I would want you to sign this guy to whatever contract. If it's if he's not going to be healthy, I don't want. Here's the thing: for all these contracts this offseason, there's teams we don't know right now for sure. There are teams that have made massive mistakes by signing the, the players to the contracts they did. And we find this out every year, right? Like, boy, and sometimes it takes an extra year. Sometimes it's two years down the road. Maybe it's three years down the road. And, and you, you say, oh, boy, if we could go back and not make that deal, right? Yankees make them. Mets make Everybody makes them. So there's going to be teams this offseason that have made just massive mistakes because of how big some of these contracts are. And I don't know, let's say that you could get Carlos Correa for eight years. He's a, he's, a, he's a great player when he plays, but I don't, I mean, he's now failed two physicals. One of which the, the team knew going in that he had failed a physical. And then they, they found out what it was, the reason why he failed the physical. And it's a big enough deal that two weeks later, they still have not been able to resolve whatever the issue was. And I, and I also saw headlines, you know, the Mets are getting frustrated with Correa. Mets, if, if they're frustrated with anybody, it should be one person. And it's not Carlos Correa. They should be frustrated with the owner of the team. Steve Cohen is the one who ignored the failed physical. Steve Cohen negotiated the deal. Steve Cohen's the one who, you know, bragging about how he came in. And we needed another piece, and I went out there and got it. So if you're frustrated with anybody, you knew the deal going in. This was not like some secret they hid from you. You knew that the Giants had a deal with Carlos Correa. The deal fell apart over concerns about his physical. Now, at the time, you didn't know if it was just like something that they were just trying to renegotiate the contract or whether or not it was something that was a deal breaker for them. And even now, it doesn't seem like, I don't know, it didn't seem like it was a deal breaker. So Steve Cohen swoops in with his wallet and, and steals Correa away and everybody's celebrating. But now here we are two weeks later and we don't know if he's even going to be on the team. I think that you probably should find that part of it out before we uh, we um, we start uh, you know throwing you know, parades and and shooting off the fireworks about what a great off season the Mets have had. <laughs> Just me. All right, let's go back to the phones. One eight hundred nine one nine ESPN is the telephone number. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Spike is in St. Pete. Spike, what's going on? Hey, Gordon. I hope uh, you're enjoying yourself. I got to tell you a really funny story. So I'm down here in St. Petersburg, and uh, you know, I met a couple of guys. I kind of keep to myself. They're a little complicated in my life now, but uh, I met a couple of nice guys talking sports, and, uh, and they said, yeah, I don't know what to listen to. I said, oh, I took my stations with me. And I explained the app, and so I said, give it a try. Uh, and, they, you know, you find out their hours, they do part-time volunteer work, so on and so forth. So I said, if you're available tonight, there's these two guys. They're really nice guys. And Nolan Barton Hahn, well, they are. And, They're yeah. sensational. They're very nice guys, Barton Hahn. <laughs> right. I said, one's a little quirky and the other's much a straight shooter. So you right. take the guess. So all, all kidding aside. So I said, what hours? She says, in the evening because we work this and that. I said, okay. So the other night I called. They hear me. And it was the night <laughs> that you made me laugh about the legs that the, uh, the quarterback on the Jets, you kept, you kept saying to me, uh, you were complaining about it, how much legs it has, and then they got me angry, not angry. I said, how long can they talk about this nondescript story? And you said, there's new content every day. Every day. And then he goes, my God, down here, the local stuff, it's, it's like high school, wherever. So uh, I gave him the hours. I don't know what doesn't help you any, but doesn't hurt. And they get a kick out of you and Larry, and then they go, uh, you know, uh, that it seems pretty good. Don't get me started with that. So this morning I'm taking a walk. I'm almost done. And I go, uh, they see me, they go, 
Boy, that was a great nickname last night. I said, you guys want to be my friend? Got Julius Randle. They start me on Julius Randle again. Now, I got to ask you, I, did you watch the game? Yeah, of course. Of course. Okay. How frustrating did it get when you knew Randall would create some mayhem at the end of the game? It's just incredible to me, as good as he can be in one moment, and I said it to Rothenberg this morning, he can frustrate the hell out of you at another moment. Am I wrong? Well, I mean, look, there's always going to be things, and, and Spike, thanks for the phone call, that, you know, there's, there's certain aspects of his game, you know, the, the, the handling the ball stuff. But, I mean, you can't really ask for much more from Julius Randle at this point. Like, if you don't like Julius Randle at this point, you don't like Julius Randle. I mean, the guy's playing – at kind of an all-star level. Um, so, like, we all said after the, the, the year two years ago that as great of a year as that was, that was the aberration. He's kind of shown you that he's at that level again. So, now, last year, no, no question about it, there were parts earlier this year where it seemed like, oh, boy, where are we going with this? And if you were asking me if I were running the Knicks, if I would be taking this time to be investigating whether or not I could move him for something else, uh, yeah, I probably would be. But, I mean, I, I think at this point, you can't be too critical of what Julius Randle is playing. I mean, he's playing like an all-star. And the Knicks are entertaining. And that's really, you know, the, the, the following up the win streak by losing, what was it, five or six in a row and then winning four in a row again. Uh, the Knicks are entertaining. They're entertaining when they play games. And they're going to be entertaining here leading up to the trade deadline. We've got about a month to go before the trade deadline. You've got some pieces that you like. The Brunson move has worked out as I mean, as well as you could hope. Grimes has really kind of emerged. Randall, as I said, is playing like an all-star. You hope to get uh, R.J. Barrett back here and, and in the groove. And with the pieces that you have, here's the thing. The Knicks are meeting their potential. This is, this is the best version of, I think, what this Knicks team can be. They're entertaining during the games. They, they give you something to watch. It's not like last year, I don't think where they're going to be an afterthought come playoff time. I think at worst they're going to be part of the play-in. I guess there's the possibility they could be part of the playoffs. Now, do I think that they're going to win any playoff series? No. Do I think that there's a possibility that because of Tibbs' coaching style that they run out of gas come the playoffs? Yeah. And I don't necessarily agree with the path that they have chosen to take, but you have to be fair, and, and, and a lot of people sometimes aren't when it comes to the Knicks, they are meeting their potential. The team that they put this regime put together this year, this is what they were hoping it was going to look like. And it was not always going to be the case this year because it looked like at points this year where they were under 500, questions about the coach, questions about Randall, all that type of stuff. They've been able to kind of push that aside here. Uh, and really, what, it's like since the start of December, maybe the end of November, they've played like a far better team and one that should be part of the playoff conversation when we get there. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. It is the Gordon Damer Show coming up. We will do what I learned on TikTok this week. It's so much fun. And we'll do it next right here on 98.7 FM ESPN. New York. You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Oh, people, it is that time. You know that music, it means it is time for what I learned this week on TikTok. Now, if you've never heard the segment before, it's very simple. I, as a 52-year-old man, spend way too much time on that TikTok app, but it's because I learned so much stuff. So every week, I will uh, quiz who's ever working on the show. I will give them four pieces of information, three of which I've completely made up, one of which is completely true, and we'll see if they can figure out what it is I have learned this week on TikTok. Now, this week... We have Joe in the hot seat, and we have Jacob back in the hot seat. 
which is great because uh, Jacob has not been here for a very – and you're, you're part of the, the state. You're part of the fabric of this segment, Jacob. You realize that, right? I do, and I don't know if people just want me on because I provide probably the worst answers, but, you know, I'm well, here. Look, and I love everybody it. has their – got to play to your strengths, my friend. It's no fun if you get them right all the time. Then we have to do something else. We have to talk sports for a while. Yeah, you know what? We need a break from that. Yeah, no question. I need a break from the jet conversation, although I'm sure tomorrow they'll be doing something that will make me lose my mind. More importantly, my own team will be doing something to make me lose my mind. A couple of pieces of information before we even get to the segment. There was one that I saw this week on TikTok. There was a guy, you talk about a bad day. You talk about Jet fans having a bad day. There was a guy, Thomas Earl. In the same day, he was fired by from his job. He got mauled by a brown bear, and he got mistakenly shot by police. That's that's a bad day. That's a really tough day. Yeah, that's, and then uh, was, yeah, that, that's not what you want. <laughs> honestly, I, as a Jets fan, I honestly feel better about my day. Now that I know that's out there. Oh then there God. was another one I saw about has any I, I did not know anything about this and it's kind of hard to believe that this is not a far bigger story. Did you see the story about the Coppin State basketball team? Uh, Does anybody know about this? I don't know. No news to me. Uh, look, I'm not going to get into it because it's a family show. When you get some free time, look up Coppin State basketball scandal. It's a, it's kind of it starts out with like a catfishing situation. It makes Manti Teo look like a walk in the park, man. Oh my lord! I can't believe, and it happened a while ago, but it has not really gained the uh, the mainstream uh, storyline. Oh my lord! You look up Coppin State basketball scandal when you get a chance. All right, so let's get to the actual segment. I couldn't include those, those <laughs> especially when you find out. Whoa! Definitely can't include that one. All right, so let's go. Uh, let's do here, uh, Joe. We got Jacob. Who is uh, who is batting leadoff, my friend? I think since Jacob has not been here for a while, he should go first. Okay, that sounds fair. Why not? I'll All be right, Jacob. Uh, I'll be Jacoby Ellsbury. I'll be. All right. Yeah, we'll get Brett you. Uh, let's see if we can get you off started on a, a good note here. All right, here we go. Give me a fastball. Number one, Charles Darwin was the first person to put wheels on an office chair. Number two, there is a town in Norway with a Lego bridge you can drive cars across. Number three, if you could fall to the center of the earth, it would take almost 90 minutes. Or number four, New Jersey has a museum of snoring. So to recap again, number one, Charles Darwin, first person to put wheels on an office chair. Number two, there's a town in Norway with a Lego bridge you can actually drive cars across. Number three, if you could fall to the center of the earth, it would take almost 90 minutes. Or number four, New Jersey has a museum of snoring. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I am. I always like your thought, Pro. I like when you work it out on the air. I like these two. I don't like those two. I always like that. Yeah, I'm not. I, I'm kind of doing that, but I'm also, like, trying to work out the mind of Gordon Damer. That's okay. A, it's almost like a beautiful mind. Yeah. And you try to, you well, try to break down. <laughs> it's a demented mind. It's almost like that. But if I if I had to choose one, uh, I'd probably go with the in Norway. The town in Norway, Lego Bridge. Yeah. I mean, it sounds kind of crazy, but I mean, it's probably one of those that might be true. So okay. I'm going to lock that one in. You're going to lock that one in? Jacob is back. And he's wrong. No, yeah, no. no there's a there's a uh, there's a town in Germany. They do have a Lego bridge. You can walk across it, but no, you can't drive a car across it. So that's uh, that's uh, that's incorrect. All right. So uh, 
it's either. All right, so you got Charles Darwin, uh, you got the uh, center of the earth, or you got New Jersey Snoring Museum. 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 I'm pretty sure we would have heard of a snoring museum. I don't, I, you would think, uh, but everybody there is asleep. You I never mean, know. You, yeah, you're right. You're right about that. I don't like to shade you anyway, so you. Uh, no, I don't want to. I shouldn't have said that. I should just leave you to pick on your own. <laughs> I'm just gonna go with uh, Darwin. Charles Darwin. Lock it in. The uh, first person to put wheels on an office chair. Yeah, why not lock it in? Yes, that is correct. Charles Darwin, <laughs> the first person to get credit. Seems like it wouldn't have really, like you know, Charles Darwin was obviously very smart. You wouldn't think that uh, you would need somebody to um, to put all, you know, seem pretty obvious, but no, apparently not. Charles Darwin first got to do it. I don't know when chairs were invented, but uh, Darwin, the first person to say, throw some wheels on that sob. All right, uh, let's go to uh, Joe. You're next up here, my friend. Are you ready to roll? Hey, hi. Yeah, let's go. All right, number one, uh, Einstein only slept for three hours a night. Number two, the actor who portrayed Chef Boyardee drew the original artwork for Tony the Tiger. Number three, Mariah Carey earns around $7 million a year just from her Christmas music catalog. Or number four, peanut butter was invented for people with no teeth. So, I think Mariah Carey could be. Okay. But I'm going to go with Chef Boyardee as my first You like guess. that one, Chef I Boyardee. Do. I do. Lock it in? Locking it in. No, that one's a, that was one I just made up on the fly. No, there's no connection between Chef Boyardee or Tony the Tiger. That's just one that I just completely made up. I feel like that Sorry. would just be a, a cool story. Yeah, that would absolutely be awesome, right? That would be memorable. All right, then I, I have to go, even though I... Think it's the most overplayed song oh, in the history by far. of it's, they the hammer world. You over the head with it, no question. I'm gonna go Mariah Carey. Lock it in. Lock it in. Also wrong. No, uh, I think it's a, I think it should be, it's about four to five million. It's not seven million. Still a lot of coin. It is there. a lot of cash, no question. So now you're down to Einstein sleeping three hours, or peanut butter was invented for people with no teeth. I want to give Einstein more sleep, so we'll go with with peanut butter. Lock it in. Lock it in. Yes, that is correct. Yes, peanut butter. Kellogg was the first one to uh, to uh, come up with peanut butter. Uh, it was invented for people with no teeth. But look, uh, apparently everybody loves peanut butter. I don't like peanut butter. It tastes like tree. Oh, I don't like any nuts. They all taste like trees to me. I don't know why people like them. But I and anytime I tell anybody that, my wife will you know my wife will be like, he doesn't like pistachios. He doesn't like peanuts. He doesn't like walnuts. <laughs> yes, I don't like nuts. I don't like them. I can't imagine eating peanut butter without teeth, though. That just, it doesn't seem like you would do I don't anything. Know. It seems like, unless it's like, you know, Honestly, I would think the chunky came later on down the line. It would, I would probably have to take like 90 minutes. Like, I can't imagine just sitting there just with no teeth, straight gumming peanut well, butter. Well, look, if you have no teeth, there might be bigger problems than what kind of peanut butter you're going with. <laughs> Uh, all right, we got one more, and this one we're going to reverse it. This one, there's only uh, one false fact. There's three true facts. So you got to try to find. You can con you can combine your efforts here between the two of you. Sounds good. And, and you can uh, try to figure out which is the uh, the the uh, false one that I've made up. All right, here we go. Number one, uh, JFK's brain has been missing for 55 years. 
Number two, the U.S. military is responsible for the creation of the McDonald's drive-thru. Number three, it takes almost 300 pieces of wood to create one violin. Or number four, the Apollo 11 astronauts did not have life insurance. So they signed hundreds of autographs before the trip to the moon in case they did not make it back. One of those is absolutely false. Which is it, Joe? Which is it, Jacob? I want to go with the Apollo astronauts just because I feel like I would have seen any signature from one of those astronauts somewhere on eBay or Twitter Mm -hmm. or somewhere across the Internet. All right, so that's your answer. You're locking in number four. Jacob, how do you feel? You're going to team up with Joe? You're going to go out of the way? Honestly, might need a quick brief rundown just to... Alright, again, JFK's yes. brain missing for 55 years, although he was been assassinated for, I think, 60 now. I think 63, right? So this would be the, the 60th anniversary. He did not go missing immediately is the point. Okay. Uh, number two, the U.S. military is responsible for the creation of the McDonald's drive through Number three, it takes almost 300 pieces of wood to create one violin. Or number four, the Apollo 11 astronauts uh, did, were not, uh, did not have uh, life insurance. So they signed hundreds of autographs before taking their trip to the moon in case they did not make it back. I almost want to agree with Joe, but at the same time, I just have to go somewhere else. And I'm going to go with JFK and his brain missing. Okay. So why not? I'm going to lock that in. All right. Number one to number four we're going with. And uh, both of them are actually true. Uh, JFK's brain, they have no idea where it went. Um, (laughs) It's been missing for for 55 years now. Uh, And the Apollo 11 astronauts, apparently life insurance at that time was like ridiculously expensive. I think the Apollo 11 astronauts uh, were making like $18,000 a year. And life insurance at that point was like $50,000. So it was just financially not feasible. So, yeah, they signed hundreds of autographs before they left just in case they didn't make it back how much would one of those go for i'm not sure i'm not sure i would think that they'd have to go for a pretty penny now yeah i mean i don't think are any of the apollo 11 astronauts still alive i don't think so i don't think buzz aldrin's still alive well he might Buzz Aldrin died more recently right either he's still with us or just (laughs) barely uh passed away all right the, don't uh, don't distract from the, the powers of be. Uh, we got two left. The U.S. military is responsible for the creation of the uh, McDonald's drive-through, or it takes 300 pieces of wood to create one violin. What you going? Uh, I, I'm just gonna go with 300 pieces of wood. Okay. And I'm gonna lock that one in. All right, Joe. Are you gonna stick with him, or are you gonna go the other way? Just for the, even though I think this is true, just for the segment of the, the segment, I'm gonna go with the McDonald's drive-through. All right. Locked in. Lock it in. And Jacob, you got the false fact. Yes, uh, 300 pieces. I think it takes like 60 pieces of wood to create a violin. Uh, No, the U.S. military is actually responsible for the creation of the McDonald's driver. There was a McDonald's that was very close to a military base. It was like the only place that was open a lot of times. But the military were not allowed to go in in uniform. So they, you know, rather than having them, you know, change out of uniform, go get their food, come back, change back into the uniform, the uh, operator of the McDonald's put in a drive-thru. And that's how the drive-thru got going, and now we're all fat because of it. 
Uh, so there you go, my friends. That is what I learned this week on TikTok. And now, because of this segment, you have learned it, too. Uh, this is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. Coming up, we'll take a look at the uh, the NFL scoreboard. We'll see how my Chiefs pick is doing so far as uh, they take on the Raiders. We'll get more into the Giants, more of your phone calls as we lead you up to Anita Marks at 6. And it's only here on 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. <laughs> 